Yeah, bro, how are you doing? What's up, brother? How are you doing today? So sorry yeah. about that. It's... I was uh, I was actually at the hospital. No, no problem, man. I'm glad you can make it. I hope you're you're you good. Was it you had to go? Yeah, no, I'm good. It's uh, I woke up and for some reason I had like this killer pain in my left ear, um, and I can't hear out of it. So uh, I don't know. I waited like 10, 15 minutes for it to like go away. Took an Advil. That didn't work. And then uh, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Uh, here on Saturdays in the U.S like the doctors aren't open so i just went to the hospital they gave me some uh medicine and i'm good now can you uh can you hear out of it though or is it still like not working no i yeah i can't hear shit out of it oh damn <laughs> that's not that's, that's not good man oh don't yeah, you get seen uh, i guess it's different uh in america isn't it with your health care like you gotta get i guess what insurance and stuff to get that seen i guess you can't is everything closed on a saturday i don't really know how it works over there um i mean the doctor's office yeah everything's closed like uh like dentists doctors all of that um the only thing that are that's open is like the, the hospital which is about it um I'm that's like emergency yeah yeah i'm blessed to have insurance i mean i, I wouldn't really say emergencies because uh i don't really i wouldn't think my ear is an emergency you know it was just eh, I, actually yeah it is <laughs> um yeah, if you but, can't uh, hear it bro it sounds quite bad <laughs> Um, anyway, bro, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good to start, you know, kick it off if, if you're ready. Of course, brother. Yeah, I'd love to. Sweet. Well, I mean, obviously we haven't spoken before. Uh, we've spoken in the DMs a bit. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself to the people who are going to be listening live to this on the podcast? Um, obviously this gets posted on, on Spotify and everywhere afterwards, just use spaces as a way of recording it. So it's, it's nice. People can hop in live if they want. Um, but yeah, you can introduce yourself, uh, uh, also, am I going to be calling you a titty the whole time, or have you got a, a different name that you go by? <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, you could just call me A. You could call me a titty. Call me T. You call me honestly whatever you want. It's it's really up to you, brother. I know uh, a titty is kind of an odd name. Um, it sticks out like a sore thumb, which is kind of why I use it. Uh, but it, it's all up to you. That's <laughs> no, all right. I'll, I'll call you. I'll just call you A. I'll call you A. Um, yeah. So, what what is it you get up to on Twitter, bro? What is it you get up to on here? You've got you know a big following. What is it that you uh, that you do on Twitter? Thank you, brother. So, um, I just want to start it off and say thank you for for having me up here. I really do appreciate it. Um, and so, to be completely honest, um, what I do as of right now, it kind of just changes up from day to day. I mainly I try to help out the community in any way possible. Um, so at first I used to be like an alpha caller. Um, and I don't know, do, do you want like the, the journey from the beginning or do you want like what I do as of right now? You know what? You can give me the journey from the beginning. Cause I was going to ask you that as, anyway. So I think, I think that'd be the best place to start. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I got you. So, uh, it all started off, um, I'd say roughly, yeah, like two years ago, um, it's kind of like a weird story how it started off. Uh, my brother, my older brother, he had passed away. And um, I was just in like a really bad spot. I uh, I wouldn't leave my room. I was just very upset. Didn't want to talk to anyone. Because um, like me and my brother, we were really close. We had everything planned, uh, you know, businesses together, things like that. He was basically like my partner in crime. Um, so when that happened, I was really, really upset. And my one friend, 
I talk to him all the time. Uh, he was able to reach out to me. He was the one that got through to me. And we were on a call and he was like, look, bro, I know you're upset. He was like, why don't you try to do something to distract yourself? And I was like, all right, well, like how? He was like, <laughs> he was like, well, I know you invest in crypto. And I was like, yeah, so this also completely forgot to say this, but I've also been an investor in crypto for the past eight years now. Um, so I've been I've been in this for a while. Uh, so I was able to buy Ethereum at three hundred dollars. I was able to buy Solana. Solana I bought in it. I bought in around like eighty, I would say. Um, and then Bitcoin I bought in roughly like twenty thousand. So around the same price that we're at now. Uh, but that was obviously you know early on. And uh, I think Bitcoin was actually like. Th- three years ago or two years ago. Um, but yeah, so that that's off topic. But he, he was like, I know you you have a lot of crypto on the side. You're saying on a lot of Ethereum. He was like, I just got into NFTs. Um, you should probably look into it. And I've heard of NFTs. I just didn't know how to get into it, to be completely honest. Like around that time, that's when like Board Ape Yacht Clubs just minted. So there wasn't really that much. No, like, the normies didn't really know that much it wasn't really like catching on yet um so he he taught me everything about it he told me not to click any links it was all on ethereum so you know how metamask was there wasn't really that much security in the beginning everyone was getting their wallets drained um so he was just teaching me the basics told me to create a twitter account everything like that um so basically i got into it i transferred over i think it was like two ETH. He told me to buy this one project that was called like Sympathy for the Devils. And I remember it because one, it's a super dog shit project, like super dog shit. But I I remember it because I made a bag off of it. And it was also like the funniest thing that happened. So I transferred over to Ethereum. He was like, look, bro, buy this project. It's definitely going to blow up. Um, and he's been in the space for like a while, like exact, like before, um, board API clubs, like he was, he was doing his thing. Um, so he, he bought a few of those as well. So I'm just like trying to explain to you how, how he market and knew what he was doing way before anyone else. Um, and he's still in the game, which is honestly pretty dope, but he told me to buy them. I ended up maintaining six of them at 0.0666 ETH. So, you know, it's called Sympathy for the Devil. So they try to do all it was, it was honestly weird. Um, so I minted it and two weeks later they were like down at like 0.01. So I bought another and then my one boy, he was like, Look, just hold it, make sure you 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 hold on to it. He was like, They're gonna be doing something, whatever. I was pretty new, didn't know what he was talking about. They ended up like releasing like a staking website, um, and it shot up to point eight ethereum i believe like 0.8 or like one eth and then i just like sold the entire bag so right off the bat i made like a 60 70 profit on my first trade and you know he, he started me off right so i asked him if i should buy into board api clubs when they're at like three ethereum tell me no uh that was honestly a fuck up from him but yeah so that's how like i first started off was like on ethereum the first big trade, um, it really got me going, which was pretty dope. Uh, and then I'm trying to think um, how I transitioned. I mean, I'll be completely honest. I was I was making money 
Uh, so off the first trade, I kind of got a little cocky. Uh, tried to do it by myself without my friend. Ended up losing, I think it was like 30000 within my second trade. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. You live and you learn. And then after that, I just kept learning, 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 doing my own thing. I started building like a small following. I had roughly like three to 4,000 followers. I was just basically buying NFTs, um, whatever, whichever one that was like hyped at the moment. And then like I'd buy into that community, talk, be active, you know, like I had a small account. So all I could do was be active, you know, really hang out with everyone. And uh, and that, and I liked it. You know, that's really what made me fall in love with the NFT community was just being able to chat with everyone that was like from different places. Um, you know, like I myself, I'm Egyptian, but I live in America. So when I'm sitting there on Discord and someone else is like literally living in Egypt and like chatting, like I'm like, yo, this is fucking amazing. You know, and he's like, yeah, bro. Like I was just at this spot and I'm like, bro, what the fuck? Like, I love that place. You know, it's I don't know. I think it's just amazing how you could. uh talk to everyone in like different places and and you know it's just you build genuine connections and you never know who you're talking to either uh you know there's one guy i was speaking to him turns out he's like an actor and was in like four different movies that i've watched before and i was like holy shit bro that's amazing he's like yeah you know it's just it's just how it is and i was like yeah that's that's fire um so things like that so i started off really just chatting with everybody trying to get like followers from every single community that I bought into. And then eventually the, the uh, bull market kind of ruined Ethereum. Gas prices shot up to like 400 a transaction. Just like it, it ruined the, how am I supposed to say, um, the experience, you know, like it just, you, you make a trade, you profit a thousand dollars, you come to sell it. Next thing you know, you're getting charged $400 for gas fees. Wasn't fucking worth it at all. So uh, that's when Solana started coming around um, and SMBs just minted. And uh, I saw someone named like Solana Legend and Solana Soul Big Brain. I was like, who the fuck are these guys? Next thing you know, I started doing my research, looked into them. I really liked what Solana was doing. And then like the community behind it was a little more degen than Ethereum. And I was like, yo, this is my group of people. Um, so I literally like just said, fuck Ethereum, sold all my bags. And then just hopped on Solana. First thing I bought was an SMB um, and kind of just joined the group. And, you know, it was it was honestly something amazing. I still have my first tweet pinned of when I first, when I bought my first Solana project. It has like nine or 10,000 likes. Um, it, was, it literally blew up when I first tweeted about it, which was crazy. Because at that time, like I said, 4,000 followers. I think that tweet got like over 1,000 likes. I was like, bro, this community is fucking amazing. Fell in love with Solana, just started trading, really um, posting my alpha calls on Twitter. I started making my uh, a name for myself, got up to, I think, 10,000 followers. Uh, after 10,000, I'll be completely honest, it gets a little easier. Um, I don't I don't know why. I guess people just see that that double digit and that K right next to your name on Twitter. Um, so definitely, definitely grind for that 10K. After that 10K, everything's so much easier. But um, yeah, no, so I hit 10K. After that, it was like my account wasn't getting stale, but it was like, all right, I'm helping everybody out with these alpha calls. Everyone's making money. I'm making money. But what else can I do with this? Um, so I tweeted out. I was like, should I open up a DAO? Next thing you know, that got over like a thousand likes as well. 
it was like peak bull market, you know, so everyone was on. And I was like, holy shit, okay, cool. So I opened up a DAO. Next thing you know, my following went from 10K all the way up to like 30K. I was like, this is beautiful. Uh, so after the DAO, I was wondering, what else am I supposed to do? And at that point, I had a big enough following to really, you know, like I was able to leverage my following, basically. Uh, so around that time, there was a lot of like people who started doing promotions and they were doing paid promotions, but I'm not that type of person. I don't like doing paid promotions. I'm the guy that if I see an NFT I like, I'll buy it. I'll tweet about it. That's about it. If you tell me to show your project, I'll probably block you and tell you to get the fuck out of my face. Um, you know, unless you're my boy, if you're my boy and I like your project, then, you know, obviously I'm going to support you. Uh, but, and I try to support everyone as well, but you know what I mean? If you like hit me up, you're like, yo, here's 20 soul to show my project. I'm going to be like, yeah, no, I'm good. Um, so what's it called? I realized there was a lot of paid promos and people that are doing the giveaways were making, were getting a lot of followers, obviously making a lot of money too, but they were getting like all these dog shit projects. They weren't really like the quality of them wasn't good. Obviously they're pumping dumps. They're either, they're either pumping dumps or rugs. Um, so I started picking and choosing who I wanted to work with. And, uh, and I started leveraging my followers to also help out my discord. So what I would do is I would go out to a big project and, um, you know, say I did this with okay bears, honestly. And I, we were one of the DAOs that got the top, like the most spots. Um, and okay bears, basically I reached out to them at this time. They had like 5,000 followers. I was like, look, I love your project. Love what you guys are doing. I was like, instead of you paying me for a giveaway, how about you give me 200 whitelist spots and I'll run a giveaway for you. And it usually gets up to like three to 4,000 interactions. And they're like, yeah, we fucking love that. So I did that. And then, you know, I just started doing that with everyone. Um, so I just leveraged myself. Next thing you know, my dad was making so much money. Uh, you know, I started making a name for myself. Everyone just loved what I was doing uh, because, you know, I was just trying to put money into the community. I wasn't trying to take money out of the community. Uh, my DAO, it was free for 11 and a half months. Um, within those 11 and a half months, we helped 3,000 people generate over $2.5 million, um, which is an insane number. Uh, and then after the 11 and a half months, you know, I, uh, I really wanted to start I, I want to do new things. I wanted to introduce something different. Uh, and that was basically like services, things like that. Like I wanted to help the community in other ways as well. Um, so I launched passes for my DAO. Um, and, you know, that's that's been fun as well. Uh, so as of right now, it's gatekeeped with a pass. Um, and the pass, I'm pretty sure, is sitting roughly at 1.6 sold, 1.7. Uh, it's a supply of 2,500. I'm honestly working on on new ways to make the DAO better. Um, this is, I guess, alpha for people who who aren't in here um, or wh whoever listens to the the podcast. Uh, I haven't told anyone this yet, but we're going to be merging the passes, um, and we're going to be making the supply from 2,500 all the way down to, I believe, 833. So one third of the supply. Um, and yeah, I just, I like a smaller tight knit community. It's just easier that way. It's easier to make money. It's easier to hand out white socks, things like that. Um, but I just got completely sidetracked <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, and honestly, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I want to stop. 
<laughs> Thank you, bro. I was going to say, I want to stop real quick, and I want to ask you a question, bro, um, because this is my first time speaking to you as well. Like, how how's your day, bro? How's your weekend? Who Who is behind the JPEG for you, bro? Like, I know this is your podcast, but I want to get to know you as well. Yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm good. My weekend's been good. Uh, I was out today, at, uh, effectively a, a zoo. Uh, it was proper hot here, like 29. Well, I can't say proper hot. I don't know how, where everyone lives, but 29 <laughs> degrees Celsius is hot for me in the UK, right? So uh, I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but it, it was it was nice. And then got some food and that came back. Um, had a cold shower and was just chilling. Um, but yeah, no, I mean. Uh, behind my behind my JPEG, bro. It's uh, my name's obviously Richard or Rich, uh, Money Rich. Play on that. Someone used to call me that at my my old job. That's what I'm called. That. Um, yeah, I just like speaking to people, bro. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, what can I do to make this something maybe more uh, to to provide people value, I guess. Um, so I thought I'd record it. Obviously, recording on Twitter Spaces is great. People can listen live, uh, which is always a bonus. But the main thing is really to post it on the podcast because then it lasts forever or it should last forever. Um, and the goal with that is really to bring audiences together from different people who may never have even, you know, the, the audience might never cross over. But, um, you know, someone who listens to your podcast, like a, a fan of you or your audience and whatnot, could then listen to someone else's, vice versa, find people that they uh, vibe with. And yeah, it's just the goal is really to make a stronger like community overall for for like Web three and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's not solely Web three either. Like I like speaking to people about other stuff as well. Uh, like I had an episode about just about therapy and like mindfulness and stuff. Um, I like I love conspiracy theories and stuff like that as well. Just whatever, really. I speak to people about whatever. I just like talking to people. So um, that's a little bit about me, I guess. Yeah, I've never really said I've never really said much about myself on here. To be fair. <laughs> nah i love it bro uh you said you were at the zoo today yeah man it's effectively a zoo it's called a wildlife park but basically the same thing um got the rhinos the monkeys you know all that good stuff uh gotta got love it the monkeys actually they're they're pretty cool i wish i could have like a pet monkey but i feel like well it's not it's definitely not legal but <laughs> nah bro that'd definitely be dope i mean here in the u.s you could actually get a pet monkey not gonna lie, no but way. it has to be like a specific type. Is that what state are you from? If you don't mind me asking, uh, I'm in Jersey right now. Right, and is it is it legal? So it's legal to have a monkey in Jersey. Um, honestly, I I'm not sure. I think I think it might be. I know in the state of Florida, it definitely is. Um, I'm not sure sure about Jersey. I feel like I know that just from watching Ace Ventura, if anyone's ever watched that, like, <laughs> pet detective, <laughs> man has a monkey, doesn't he? So I was like, oh, this is this is what made me want a monkey, but he, he's a little shit in the show, but still, they're great. There's, like, these ones we uh, saw today, they have, like, little mustaches. I was like, these guys look sick. I want one. But unfortunately, yeah. not in the UK, bro. Can't have anything fun in the UK. Can't even smoke weed. Damn. <laughs> Damn. That sucks. But, I mean, you guys can go uh, – what's it called? You guys can just, uh, you know, take like an hour plane ride, go somewhere in the Middle East, uh, get something real quick and fly back. Oh, man. <laughs> so people people do it here all the time, bro. It doesn't stop anyone. It just uh, – it just, yeah. I mean, it's frowned, it's frowned upon by like all the old people <laughs> and all the old people in government. But eventually they'll just pass away and we'll get some nice people in who can actually sort out the laws here, man. Make it not so medieval. 
but it's definitely just uh yeah it's just the old it's just the oldies who, who care about that um yeah. but can i ask you as well how, how old are you bro because um i'm obviously i'm sorry to hear about your brother and stuff like that but I, I, like how long ago was that 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 happened Thank you, bro. Uh, so it happened actually uh, two years ago. So right when I got into the community, that's uh, what got me into it. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sorry to hear that, man. It's uh, it's not nice. I've had friends pass away. Who are, obviously I'm young. I'm 24 now, but uh, friends, very close friends, have passed away at like 20. Um, it's never nice. But um, thank you for sharing it, though. I like I appreciate you being so open about it. Honestly. Um, but uh, also, course, I want to say apologies that you faded apes. Um, I was just like jotting things down as you're speaking. As like, you're saying so much stuff, I was like, God, I need to I need to ask him about these bits and bobs. Faded apes at three, <laughs> bro. That is sad. Yeah, bro, that hurt. I'm not gonna lie, it really did hurt a lot. And here's the issue: is when apes were like pumping, that's when they launched Mutant Ape Club. And the funniest thing is, I literally asked my friend the same question. I said, bro should I buy into them? He said, no, diversify your portfolio, which one isn't a bad answer. But bro, you know what I mean? That Like, I shouldn't even have faded them. I should have just listened to myself. But that was also when I lost like $30,000 just listening to myself, you know, so I was like, you know, I'm just gonna listen to my boy. So I get a little more experience. And then he went and bought a mutant ape, uh, mutant ape club, at, I think it was like two ETH or yeah, it was like two or five ETH. And then didn't tell me until like, bro, I went on Twitter and I saw one of his tweets and he had a mutant API club PFP. And I was like, bro, you dickhead. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah. Did I you, it twice. I was going to say, did you get the, like, were you ever off? Cause I don't, I don't know how it worked with the mutant apes, but could you just, could you mint them or was there a whitelist for it? I, I wasn't even around when that was happening or at least I wasn't aware of it. Um, so basically, it was whoever had a mutant. I mean, whoever had a board ape yacht club was able to get a mutant ape. Ah, and of course, you faded the ape, so therefore you missed the mutant. That I'm sorry, man. Everyone has these owls, though. Everyone has these owls. My my <laughs> my owls are just from like trading shit coins, really, and not cashing out. Like fading just the profits when they were like in like hundred x zones. Oh man, I still regret it now, but. Um, but were you yeah, initially no, in crypto happen. tokens then? Yeah, yeah. So um, at first I was, you know, buying like literally everything. Um, I lost my money on a on a lot of different tokens. Um, a lot of tokens, to be completely honest, that were here during the bull run. What like four or five years ago, six years ago? I'm honestly starting to lose track of time. Um, those tokens aren't around, you know. The, the around for this bull run so uh there's a lot of tokens that i bought into lost a, a good amount of money um but it is what it is you know like i said you live and you learn uh but that's also when i started to just like dig in started like because at first I, I was a day trader for stocks i didn't really start off with that either uh but yeah i used to be a, a day trader for stocks back in how am I supposed to explain this? Um, because to be completely honest, I do, I do like to keep my age a secret. Um, but I do want to explain this um, without really exposing my age. To be completely honest, uh, but I'll I'll just say it like this. Yeah, I was basically a day trader before I jumped into crypto. Uh, so you know, I try to take the strategy that I learned from day trading and throw it into crypto. 
Uh, and to be completely honest, bro, it's two completely different markets. Uh, and I learned that the hard way. And it, it is what it is. You know, the, I've always said that you live and you learn. And with this with this space, it really is a living you learn kind of thing. And it, you also do need strategies because you could go into a trade, you know, saying, all right, I'm going to make five sole profit, whatever. Um, basically, just because you think you could make five sole off of it. And next thing you know, the NFT shoots up and it, you could have made 40 sole. Um, so there's like a lot of strategies that you need in this in this space to be completely honest and it took me a while to realize that and once i did i started to make money but um yeah before that bro i was making it i was losing a shit ton of money in, in tokens um but my main one that i really made a good amount was ethereum yeah ethereum's a good one to have gotten into i <laughs> i also got into ethereum early bro but i i just bottled it and sold it um there was a time when coinbase was like shutting down or, or freezing accounts and uh, I remember they were freezing accounts left, right, and center. And I bought a load of ETH that literally it was like a hundred and something dollars. It was like one forty dollars or something like that. And I was like, okay, well, I was new to the space. So I was like, right, I need to get this out. I cashed it out, sold it, and then uh, literally sold it before the pump up. I don't remember where it went to. Like, I don't know if it went to eight hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, and yeah, just there's so many like you look back in your story in this space and you sort of realize there's so many opportunities that you've missed. <laughs> like, had you just taken one slightly different like road, uh, and not just you know done the wrong thing, you could have been up so much. It's uh, it's always like sad to look back on, but it's like hindsight, isn't it? You can't really stop it, you just got to try and use that and learn and move forward for the next one, uh, which is what I've tried to do as well. And I, I should imagine you have successfully done. Um, but I guess you've gone a different path as well. Like making a DAO and, and making money through that is, it's like a business, right? It's like um, not so much trading. Yeah. So, I mean, it, so yeah, like you said, um, I did everything that I did is kind of like a different path from everyone, you know, in this space, there is like a lot of different ways to go about it. Uh, you know, you could be a founder of a project. You could just be one of those, you know, like I said, those, marketing guys that kind of just post chill tweets uh you could be someone who's just like the average uh flipper uh you could be you know someone who just likes to diamond hand nfts like i know the co-founder for titty dow he literally doesn't sell one nft like he'll buy it and just keep it like that's it like mad lads he has like five of them isn't gonna sell them like all these other like shitty projects that like pumped and dumped, like he still holds them because he just doesn't sell them. Like he, I don't know why he falls in love with his, uh, his investments, I guess. Um, but yeah, so for me, like the, the way I started off, like I said, I was, I was like doing alpha calls. So I started off as being, you know, the average trader made my money that way. And especially during the bull run, I really did make a good amount of money. Um, and then that's when I also, like I said, I was making all that money and then leveraged my following for the Dow. So I'm not going to lie, obviously, you know, me being able to grab 200 whitelist spots for, you know, okay bears, uh, I was obviously able to grab five spots also for myself, you know, so things like that. So I wasn't obviously, you know, just helping everyone else out. I was helping myself out as well, you know, and I've always been completely honest with everyone about everything. I always like to be transparent. Um, and, and that's just how I always am. Like, that's how I made a name for myself. So like, and that's the thing too. I also showed my bag on Twitter, you know, like right after I was like, Oh, I, I bought this many. Okay. Bears. This is what I had. And, you know, and even in my Dow, I had stickers of my okay bears, things like that. 
And I even told people like straight up, like I'm here to flip them. Like, unless I'm telling you I'm keeping this PFP forever, then I, then I'm flipping it, you know? So like my cats on crack, I bought that for, I think three soul kept it for a year and a half. Like cats on crack shot all the way up to 110 soul and dumped all the way down. to I think like 19 and I was still holding them because like, I physically love cats on crack up until they did some, I don't know what they were doing to the team. Uh, you know, they're just, they just being horrible in general. Uh, so I ended up literally, I posted it on Twitter. I said, I'm no longer a fan of cats on crack. And then I sold my bag, you know, so things like that. Um, but yeah, so made my money off of, uh, off of NFTs, you know, being the flipper, whatever, uh, made the discord was helping everyone out. Uh, and then also when I made the discord, I also, you know, tried to leverage my following in a different way as well by being an NFT advisor or a project advisor or whatever you call it. Um, so there'd be projects that, you know, came to me and they'd be like, look, um, you know, we're working on this and this, would you be able to help us, you know, sell out or help us do this and that? And, you know, and, and I did that. Uh, I helped a lot of projects sell out. Um, the one project that was a struggle for me to sell out was my own. Uh, and to be completely honest, that was because I didn't really market it like that. Uh, it's a Dow pass. I just wanted those who believed in me and believed in, you know, what we were doing to buy it. Um, I wasn't sitting there, you know, like I've, I've said it multiple times. Um, I'm not the type of person like here's the thing. If it's for someone else's project, cool. Like I'm trying to get your project to sell out. I'm going to have all these influencers tweet about it. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to make sure it sells out. But then when it comes to my project, I want it to be all organic, um, you know, so like that's that's just how I went about it. Um, but yeah, so I did that, did advising. I'm still advising at the moment right now. I'm advising this one project called Fox. Uh, at the moment, there's a lot of hype around it. Everyone's loving it. I'm loving it as well. We have three insane advisors on board too. Um, so yeah, so still working on that. Um, and then, yeah, so I think that's, that's really the main, main things to be completely honest. No, that's, that's, you've probably been one of the top people at actually explaining your story, bro, like, um, a full detailed story on it. And, and it's very helpful for me as well, because I, it, it helps me not have to like, you know, probe for some, you know, more information. <laughs> you've given me a very good rundown. I actually appreciate that a lot. And you said a lot of interesting stuff as well, but there, there's something I wanted to ask you just like as I was sort of looking into you um, when I was speaking to you, obviously on your profile, you say how you're a, a IRL marketer and business analyst. Like, can I ask what your experience is doing that stuff? Like, uh, was this prior to, to web three or? Yeah, of course, bro. Um, so first I also want to say, uh, you know, thank you, bro. Like I said, I always like to just be transparent. Um, and that's just how I've always been. So, you know, it's, I want to really make sure I go into detail because, you know, there's people that also like follow me and they want to get a few tips. They want to know like, you know, how I got to where I am. Uh, and, you know, I'm not going to sit there and gatekeep any secrets or anything like that, you know, because I, like I said, I love helping everyone out. Um, but yeah, so IRO marketing business analyst. Um, so I, myself, I actually, I work at a marketing agency um and also we do business analytics uh so basically what we have to do is if a company comes to us we have to research that company really see if we want to take it on basically what i did is i took what i learned from web 2 brought it into web 3 once i really started to get a big following 
Um, and to be completely honest, it, it helped me out because it's something that I like to do. I love marketing. Um, but all right, I, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, basically, uh, what we do is, you know, like I said, we research the, the company, uh, say Coca-Cola comes to us, uh, and they're like, Hey, we want an advertisement for this, uh, you know, so-and-so where can you broadcast it? How many, you know, people will it, will it go out to this and that, you know, and we have to basically look at their company, see what they're selling, see if it's worth it. Look at the market. Um, you know, things like that. And then basically look at their budget as well. Give them, you know, roughly what we could do on their budget. Obviously, you know, we pay ourselves and then we basically, it costs to broadcast someone on TV, you know, it costs to broadcast someone on uh, the radio, even though we don't really do the radio that much, because it's kind of like, that's like the 90s meta. Um, but yeah, so so things like that. Uh, and then I myself, I also have my own grow on the east, I mean, on the west coast, uh, like, you know, like marijuana grow. Uh, and then I'm also working on getting a grow on the east coast at the moment. Uh, we just got a license for a grow in Oregon. Um, so eventually I'm going to have to go out there, work on that, see what's, see what's up with that. Um, but we're also working on one in New York City. But that's, to be honest, that's like the hardest one to get so far. Oh man, you don't want to be building the grow there now. Anyway, it would be actually to be fair, all the CO two might do it good. Uh, you know, you got all that all that dust is going to settle. Might make some nice fertilizer for it. But um, <laughs> I, I really want you to expand on the grow, man. Yeah, you got to tell me about this, like, because I'm very, I'm very much interested in that. Um, having having partook, uh, you know, please do not come for me. This was years ago, but uh yeah please do you know tell me what's involved in that like and and also when you say you're opening it are you basically heading the business and just hiring people to do it or are you out there like you know chopping and uh drying <laughs> and whatnot yourself so i'll be completely honest like the way it all started off was um the grow itself was actually my brother's uh so when my brother passed away you know there's a lot of things that were his uh, that my parents didn't really like they weren't fond of if that makes sense um so the marijuana business you know there really wasn't anyone else that was going to take that on if if no one took it on then his business partner was just going to completely take it over um and i didn't like that uh, especially because one i know my brother put so much time money and effort into building it as a whole so uh so I hopped into it. I reached out to his business partner after he passed away. His business partner was super nice about everything. Uh, I basically, here's, here's the thing. Like I, I said in the beginning, me and my brother were super close. Um, and I mean super close uh, to the point where I knew every detail about that grow. So when I came in, uh, the business partner, he was completely honest with me because at that point, you know, he could have been like, oh, well, you only get 40% of the business because that's how much your brother put up, blah, 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 things like that, you know, uh, but he already knew I knew the details. So he was straight up with me. Uh, so I came in, I took it over. Basically, what happened was my brother, he was waiting for me to be done um, because I also wanted to be before he passed away, I wanted to start doing real estate. Uh, I was very fond of real estate. I love houses. I love flipping houses things like that. Um, and I'm actually starting to do that soon. But uh, 
my brother, he was, uh, you know, he dropped out of college. He didn't have any college degree. He was very smart, uh, but he knew I, you know, I have the education. I have the college degree, everything like that. So he was waiting to bring me on board to the grow eventually uh, to, you know, just bring in everything that I do uh, marketing wise, uh, you know, statistics, things like that. Just being able to help grow the business. And, uh, you know, sadly, he wasn't there for it. But when I hopped in, I really uh, helped the business grow a lot. Uh, as of right now, we have we have three stores in L.A. Um, we have one grow in L.A. Um, we're in 30 stores in L.A. Um, and then, you know, like I said, we're, we're trying to expand. Uh, we just got the grow in Oregon, and then we're also, like I said, we're trying to go out to the East Coast. But basically what I do, you know, like I said, um, after my brother passed away, I kind of took everything over, tried to help the business grow. And then there was times where the business, you know, obviously wasn't running correctly. Uh, there's times in on the West Coast where there's too much weed. There's just an abundance of it. So it, the price just gets really cheap to the point where you're – not even making money if you're growing it you're basically losing money uh so there was times where i had to like you know fund my own uh you know just put up my own money into it uh just to keep the business um running and i'm happy i did that you know because uh at the moment we're, we're doing good uh but basically i don't handle anything i don't you know handle distribution i don't handle anything like that i just handle like you know just market I, i'm basically you know the top guy that doesn't really do anything if that makes sense and i like it like that <laughs> because yeah, i have like, other things to worry about yeah exactly no i like that it's, it's so surreal to hear about it from like your perspective you know living in the uk where it's just not a thing um but it's always like been an idea in my head if it gets legalized that's something that i'd really like to do uh, but do you sell it i guess that place is it, is it medicinal or recreation like these stores you talk about are they like the equivalent to like uh, amsterdam where you get like the cafe the weed cafes or is it uh just this, like can you tell me because I, I don't obviously i don't really know um what it looks yeah, like having course, not been bro. there of course yeah uh, i also have a question am i like lagging by any chance there is a bit of yeah there is a bit of a weird delay that um that happens after like after i speak maybe there's a bit of lag there um yeah it does sound a bit different sometimes yeah my bad for some reason i uh i started hearing like a lag uh so so completely sorry about that i'm not sure why that's happening um but yeah no uh basically it's it really depends la is kind of like a like a gray area to be completely honest you can do it recreationally. You could also do it, um, but you will need a license. Uh, you could also do it medicinal, and you could also do it, um, like, in L.A., there's shops where you would think they're abandoned. Like, they're literally just, like, shops that have, I'd say, like, a black tent on the window. You can't look into it. They don't have anything on the building. It doesn't say nothing at all except like the address like maybe 442 and then you open the door right when you open the door it's nothing there's nothing there except the window you go up to that window and it's so shady you go up to that window some dude slides it open and then he makes sure that you're not the cop you know what i mean and then he's like all right cool gives you a stamp and then you go in 
And then, bro, once you open the door, it's just like a shit ton of weed, shit ton, like anything you need. And then, like, obviously, they also have like other things. They have like shrooms and acid, and you know, because obviously they they don't have a license. It's like a black black shop, black store, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, so yeah, that's that's like the sketchy stuff. That's where you could kind of get like the weed for like the low. <laughs> because you know it's not licensed uh but yeah no so there's that uh but for me uh us ourselves we actually have like our own licensed um not rec not uh medicinal uh we have it recreational uh so basically you know if you fly from somewhere but you have to be from the united states um we don't like selling it to anywhere else because uh there's been like times where people will buy it and then try to fly it to Europe and things like that. And then they'll tell people in the airport where they got it from. And then we have an issue with it because they can't fly with a certain amount or they can't fly to Europe with it. And, you know, it's, it's stupid things. Um, so, yeah, so we just have to make sure that, you know, your United States residents, uh, you come in, you show us your ID. Once you show us your ID, you could literally buy whatever you want. You come out, you know, it's, it's really up to you. Uh, all our stuff is, you know, licensed. Um, it's also uh, tested. So, you know, you'll see the percentages, you'll see what's in it. Um, and we like to keep our things, everything like fresh, really, uh, the things that aren't too fresh and, um, shouldn't really be saying this, but, uh, you know, that's when they push it to some, one of our other friends and, uh, you know, we make money, they make their money, but, uh, yeah, so, so yeah, that's, that's really how it goes. Um, but yeah, we've, we built a good business model around it. Um, you know, because like, like I said, we like to keep everything fresh. We have new things constantly. Uh, recently we made this, this <laughs> one mix it's called Fendi OG. Uh, it's a hybrid and it's 36% THC. Um, so I don't know, like if, if people like know, like the percentages like that, but 36 is actually really like good um so yeah it's uh i think it's like 32 percent thc like four percent cbd or like 0.4 percent cb something like that I, I i would have to like hit them up but yeah so uh you know that that's basically it <laughs> no man that's so i love listening to that i find it really interesting actually that's that do you guys sell like uh you do like the gummies and that as well do you do all the like novelty stuff or is it just weed yeah, so actually, we we started up like trying to get into it. So to be completely honest, at first we did, uh, you know, like dab carts, things like that. We have uh, moon rocks. I don't know if you're you're familiar with it. It's basically like weed put in the wax, drizzled with the um the keef on top. Uh, you know, things like that. So we actually we're we're getting our own uh, what's it called? fuck how, how to concentrate uh and we're, we're doing it ourselves everything like that because you know we're, we're growing it we have a lot of trim we have a lot of excess weed that we physically can't sell so we have to turn it into concentrate and then uh yeah so we're, we're starting to get into it i'll be completely honest not with the edibles yet that's something that you also need a license for um so if I, we want to do edibles that that'd be like a completely different topic which kind of sucks yeah, no, it's just, it's weird. This relates to my last uh, podcast I did, I recorded, actually recorded it yesterday, but I guess when people listen to this, it's going to be last week's, but uh, I was speaking about um, marijuana and stuff and we, we were talking about edibles. I told the story about how I had an edible that was 
<laughs> way stronger than I was told. And this was like after <laughs> I used to get, so I used to do it a lot. Yeah. And then it used to make me really paranoid just out of the blue. So I had to stop. And then like a few years afterwards, I was like, oh, okay, I want to give it a go again. For some reason I tried edible. Um, and yeah, I was told it wasn't that bad. Had the whole thing. Um, and then later I was just, <laughs> they just came up to my room and found me just <laughs> in the bed and they're like, you good? I was like, nah, I'm not good. <laughs> You're like, bro, I can't feel my body. <laughs> oh, I was literally like, I just wanted to end. I just wanted to end. I'm not good. <laughs> and yeah, it's, oh, I don't know. It's a bit sad. I don't know what causes it, man. It's just the paranoia, but I've been to Amsterdam since then as well. And it's, it was fine there, but I think that's because I was with a lot of people, you know? Yeah, it just sucks though too because like when you have a bad experience with edibles, it lasts for so long and you can't sleep it off. You know, so I feel bad. You're for laying you, there, man. Just like I was, I remember laying there, looking up, being like, "I know it'll be over soon. <laughs> it'll be over <laughs> soon." <laughs> but it's hard. You get inside your own head, man. Um, you said, oh, this is where I was like, oh, I should I should speak to you about crypto, but I want to ask you one more thing, actually, based on what you said uh, quite a lot earlier. And it kind of relates to to weed as well anyway. But you said you're from Egypt, right? I said I like conspiracy theories. What are your thoughts on the the pyramids, bro? Like, what happened? What what happened with those, bro? What's your personal thoughts? Tell me. Um, so I'll be honest, uh, I don't I don't know what to think of it. Like there's there's so many theories, uh, to the point where it's just like I I kind of just go with the normal theories um that it, it honestly doesn't make sense to me. You know, like I, I've searched it. I know that like the pyramids are built on the, like the plane, like the way the sun rises and, and, you know, like so many different things about the pyramids that just don't make sense uh, and how perfect the blocks are and, and whatever. Um, yeah. I, I just, I always go back to like, you know, the, the slaves of Egypt, you know, back then they were able to do it. I don't, I don't know how, I don't know, you know, um, but I don't, whenever I start thinking of conspiracy theories, I start going into my own head. So I try to like not go into them, if that makes sense. Uh, see, this is like, this is like one of those subjects where I'm just so into it <laughs> that I'm like, bro, <laughs> that firstly, I, I think they proved that they weren't made by slaves anymore. Um, just, just out of the, just, just put that out there. Um, oh, but man, you got, I don't know if you're into this stuff. I'm going to recommend it to people listening as well. If you've got Netflix, yeah. Um, and also you may have seen him on Joe Rogan, actually, the podcast as well. But it's called Graham Hancock. He's got a series on Netflix called Ancient Apocalypse. And you got to check that out. It's, uh, I'm not going to get into it now. I, I feel like it, it would be its own <laughs> podcast, man. But it's like smoke a joint and watch that and your mind will be blown bro trust me um it will change it'll change your perspective and it's not even it's i say like conspiracy theory that's the complete wrong word it's a different way of looking at it like it's so not it's not out of the you know out of the ordinary like it is so the potential for it to be true what he's saying is 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 there the the theory I'll, i'll just lay it out so you don't get confused is effectively that uh, they were built by a civilization that's far older than the Egyptians, so i.e. Uh, as old as like the last ice age, which was about twelve thousand years ago. So, uh, and the, the theory is basically that the Egyptians people would have settled near them, like they would have seen them and been like, "Wow, we're going to live here." You know what I mean? And, but they're actually from like an older, uh, lost kind of civilization. Um, and there was because there, there's uh, all the geologists and stuff have proved effectively that there was a mass uh flooding event uh from they call it the younger dryas basically and it was from a uh, comets that have struck the iceberg uh, not the icebergs the ice caps and stuff that were around 
um, in the Ice Age and effectively flooded everything. Um, North America and stuff was hit really badly with that. Uh, and they think that that is why in ancient uh, sort of civil, uh, you know, all religions and stuff seem to have ancient floods. Every single one of them has ancient floods as a myth. Um, and they believe that's where that's come from. But that, that's all I'll say about it because I, I feel like I could go on about it. But um, <laughs> that's a rundown of that. Yeah, no, I could. Here's the thing. I could definitely go on about that too. <laughs> Man, it's good. It's so uh, good, honestly, bro. You've got to watch bro. it. Yeah, bro. No, I definitely am. <laughs> <laughs> that's a recommendation. People should should do that. Now, let me ask you. Uh, let's, let's, I'm going to swing it back to crypto, all right? Because I feel like people are going to want to hear some of that as well. Um uh, let me let me ask you actually you, you mentioned about doing the giveaways earlier obviously you do uh, have done them uh, for projects that you like and i used to have an account where i uh, hosted giveaways actually but this was like a year ago before i was really in the space i just sort of did it as its own thing because i thought it could be a business model um it was all right at the time but i didn't do it for that long um what was your <laughs> sort of thoughts on like the giveaways and the followers that you tend to get because i feel like some of the followers you get from giveaways, the quality of the follower is like not great. Um, I, I, I like borderline. Some of them probably like borderline bots. You know what I mean? So, how do you feel about like you know? Is, do you try and like limit it, uh, not do too many of them and whatnot? Or what's your thought on that? Of course, yes. Yeah. So, uh, so to be completely honest, um, like I said, like the the giveaways, I didn't really do it to gain followers. I just did it to really maximize the profits for the people in my DAO. Um, but like when I started blowing up was peak bull market, I gained 90,000 followers in one month. Um, and to be completely honest, I knew for a fact that 30 to 40% of those were definitely bots. Um, so I kind of just at that point when the, uh, bear market started happening, I kind of just took a break. Uh, and I don't know, like there's a lot of people who follow me that have followed me for a while. Uh, and I kind of just disappeared for like two weeks. Uh, and that's when they were like asking, they're like, where's the titty? Where's the titty? Uh, and that's when my followers kind of just like I hit, I think my highest was 152 K. Um, and then I stopped tweeting for two weeks. Next thing you know, my account dropped down to like 92,000. Um, so that right there, you know, that's what, like 60,000 bots that just got deleted off of my account within two weeks. Um, so yeah, so that, that's kind of like what I tried to like, tried to do. And then after that, I kind of just like limited the giveaways. Uh, and then I came back, did a few giveaways, uh, at this point, like I just stopped doing giveaways for like projects. Uh, and I started just doing giveaways for myself. Like, you know, like I would be like, Oh, here's like a two soul giveaway for the community you know, just follow me or like, here's a 10 soul giveaway, or here's an NFT giveaway, things like that. Um, but other than that, I, you know, I, I try to steer away from those. Uh, until recently, I'd say, what like a month ago, when all of this Bitcoin stuff really started exploding, is when I started to bring back the giveaways, sort of not really. Um, but yeah, the recent giveaways have been like Bitcoin projects, because you know, I'm trying to get the the whitelist bots for my DAO and in return, I'm just going to post them a giveaway. You know, I don't, I don't really care about followers. I'm just here at this point to really just try to help out the community. Um, you know, and that's, that's how it is. Cause at first bro, I was tweeting, uh, what 90 times a day to be completely honest. This is how I made a name for myself. And I'm going to tell everyone not to do it. Like do it. Trust me. You're going to gain a shit ton of followers, 
but you're going to burn yourself out. I was tweeting seven days a week uh, for 13 to 16 hours a day, seven days a week, 13 to 16 hours a day. And I was tweeting every five minutes, every five minutes. And it totaled up to, I believe, 90 tweets or 95 tweets every day. Uh, so here's the thing. Trust me, 95 tweets, amazing. And I was tweeting every five minutes. All of my tweets were on everyone's feed. I was exploding. I was getting so much engagements, whatever. After a year of doing that, I completely burnt out. Like, you know, like there was just, I didn't know what else to tweet. I didn't know what else to say. I didn't know what else to do. You know, like I was just honestly just going with the flow at that point. I was just like, all right, cool. Like I'm buying this project, you know, like at this point, the quality of my tweets, like just started declining. Um, and then that's when, like I said, like, you know, I took the break and I was just like, I, I really needed that. And yeah, you know, I went from a hundred and, and whatever, 54 K down to 92. But like I said, those were bots. I didn't really care for them anyway. So I, I was happy with it. Um, and, and I'm just happy with, uh, you know, the, the quality of my, my account at this point. Yeah, I think like there's something to be said as well for if you're like tweeting that much, spending that much time on the on the whole Twitter space as well, it, it can get like it's definitely bad for like the mental sort of um mindset. And also like in my experience, you know it gets bad when your girlfriend starts making jokes about GM. She literally GMs me in the morning. She's not into crypto, she's not into Twitter, she doesn't do any of this stuff. <laughs> I'll just wake up, she'll be like, GM. Jim, I'll be like you. fucking have a laugh. <laughs> <laughs> she knows she's oh man. That's how I knew I was. I was too heavily into. So I like toned it back after that. I was like, right. She clearly is is making a point that I'm spending too much time GMing people. Uh, I'm just gonna reel it back in a bit. But it is, um, yeah, it is definitely like you don't want to be losing out on like real life stuff. I think spending that much time on Twitter, but obviously. It will help you grow your account, but yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts actually on the Bitcoin ordinals and on all this stuff that's like starting now um, with BR uh, with Bitcoin? Keep almost saying BEP twenty, but it's not. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I'm actually like a huge fan of it, uh, mainly because like here's the thing: there's there's pros and cons to it. To be completely honest, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm an ordinal maxi like all these other influencers. Uh, because you know like I said I'm I'm just completely transparent but like there's pros and cons uh, you know the con to it is the the speed of these transactions they suck they suck so bad uh, you know like for me to get ready for a mint or, or anything coming up like that uh, I would physically have to send the bitcoin over to the wallet you know like two hours in advance or maybe if the if the network is really backed up like i'm gonna send it a day in advance just to make sure it's there in time uh you know because there's been instances where i would send over bitcoin to an account and it would take like four or five hours for it to get there um and you know that's that's obviously something that that sucks because we're always talking about how you know we want the fastest transaction speeds we want this and that we want the cheapest gas fees um and like Bitcoin is basically Ethereum with cheaper gas fees, but longer wait time. Uh, that's like the best way to explain it. Um, but, um, you know, obviously the back end isn't like Ethereum at all. But you know what I mean? It's just uh, it's it's a, it's a cool experience. It's fun. Um, I think it's something new. It really reminds me of like like Ethereum when it first started off or Solana. Like the community was just like 
thriving. Um, like to be completely honest, most of the projects on Bitcoin right now are kind of pump and dumps. And that's how most of the projects were on Ethereum and Solana. Um, so it, it reminds me of that. There's a lot of stealth mints as well. Um, so it's like if you're early, you're definitely making money. If you're not, um, you might be losing money. It just depends on how you play it. Uh, but I don't know. For me personally, I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I like, you know, the new technology that they're working on. I like that the fact that, you know, people are going back in time, like getting going through all of these transactions, looking at all these blocks, finding ones from like 2008, you know, things like that, inscribing on it. Uh, I don't know. I think it's like some pretty sick technology, not going to lie. Um, but other than that, I don't see how like it'll benefit the NFT space, to be completely honest. Like I understand, I understand in some cases how it will. Um, but, you know, when people are always talking about, oh, the metaverse is the next thing for the NFT space, you you physically can't do anything, you know what I mean, on Bitcoin. Uh, because, like I said, it takes like two, like it really depends. It takes up to like two, three hours um, for a transaction. And that, that just fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, with this, I don't like, I don't like talking on it because I don't know a lot about it. Um, but I just think that, uh, at least in my mind, I need stuff to be like i need to see it like you know remain the hype needs to not die and then in my head uh, it could be a thing that lasts um and like bitcoin ordinals then might last i think people are are pretty bullish on them in general though a lot of sentiment is that they will remain and remain part of the space now from from now on um it doesn't really affect me but i, I just like to hear people's thoughts on it um and also obviously you're a solana you know you've got your projects on solana right your um passes uh, what is your thoughts on like what happened with Solana and FTX and the future for Solana itself? Are you still as bullish as you were or are you worried about the future of it now? Of course, yeah. Let me uh, backtrack real quick to the Bitcoin thing. So to be completely honest, I was a little iffy on the whole Bitcoin, you know, ordinals, everything like that. Uh, but the reason why I became super bullish on it is because I took that big risk when Bitcoin, uh, when D gods were like, you know, we're coming out with the 535 uh, dead gods on Bitcoin, blah, 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 $9,000 a piece. Um, so, yeah, I took that risk. I went in. Uh, I was lucky to be able to mint one. Uh, you know, I literally, the funniest part is I stayed up for like six, seven hours or eight hours because one, it took so long for all those transactions to come through for them to post the winners, whatever. So by my time, it was like four in the morning. I stayed up till four in the morning, looked at the winners like of the list. My bro, I'm so stupid. I like, I guess it was cause I was tired, but you know, when you like, uh, I, I don't know what key it is for everyone else, but for my, um, for my MacBook, it's like, just like the search key. I press it or it's like F nine or whatever. And, uh, I type in like the address to see if I'm one of the winners and it wasn't popping up because I was typing it in wrong. Um, so I was like, fuck, I didn't win. I sat here, wasted all this time, whatever. Closed my computer, went to sleep, woke up. Next thing you know, I had a D God ordinal in my wallet. I was super stoked, whatever. Uh, and I held on to it for a while, sold it eventually. So the floor went up to like eight, uh, 0.8 Bitcoin. I sold mine at 1.1. Uh, and then eventually they fell back down to like 0.6. I bought another one. Uh, so, you know, I'm still in it. I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, the alpha is insane. 
because I bought one of the D gods in the beginning, I was put into, uh, I don't know if you heard of Ordinal Maxi Biz. Uh, this is a story that I, I hate to tell. And I honestly hate myself about it because I'm still like, I don't know, man. I'm still being myself about it for, for like the past month. Uh, but basically, Ordinal Maxi Biz is a project run by someone named ZK Shark. And he's, he's one of the smartest people I've met uh, when I was able to talk to him. And basically, he was starting up – excuse me. I uh, just had to burp real quick. Basically, he was starting up uh, his project on Bitcoin. He put me into the Discord. Uh, around that time, there was, I think, like 200 people in there. And the one thing that pissed me off was every single announcement was in Morse code. So, like, he would post an announcement, and it was in Morse code. So I'd be like, what the fuck? copy paste it into google wait for the translation whatever i was like dude this is annoying so one time i was like out at work whatever and he like posted the announcement for the mint i didn't like read it in time whatever and then i missed the mint next thing you know they were listed for 0.1 bitcoin i was i was just annoyed at that point i was like you know what fuck this and i left the discord a month later ordinal maxi biz hit 4.8 bitcoin um so that is what like a hundred and thirty thousand dollars uh so you know so if i had bought one of them for a thousand dollars or what is it like fifteen hundred dollars uh instead of you know fading it because i was upset at myself uh you know i'd be sitting pretty on on bitcoin as well but uh you know it is what it is but yeah no so i just want to say that story just want to say uh you know if you want alpha for for bitcoin and you really want to make money I would suggest buying into one of the top communities. I know it is a lot of money. Um, or maybe you could get lucky and mint one of the top communities. Maybe there's something coming out. Who knows? Uh, as, as you saw, Soul Gods just minted on Bitcoin. Their, their mint just did like a seven times, uh, which is pretty dope. Uh, but yeah, no. So, so Bitcoin, loving it so far. Um, but the FTX and Solana situation, to be completely honest, uh, with everything going on at the moment right now, like, uh, you know, with the SEC and, and them calling us a security and, and things like that, I'm just a little iffy as to, you know, just the price movements, to be completely honest, especially with the fact that FTX still has all their Solana, uh, you know, and, and no one, you know, no one bought it yet, things like that. Um, so, so, yeah. I'm just a little sketch on the price movement. No matter what, I'll always be bullish on Solana. I'm loving everything that they do. I love, uh, you know, the the phone. I think that's pretty dope. I love the fact that they we had a uh, Google collaboration. Everything about the chain is is amazing. I don't think any other chain's gonna beat it. You have like what Ar Arbitrum or whatever. Um, that's that's a really good chain. Uh, but they're having issues of their own. Um, and at this point, Solana just beats every other chain as well. Uh, you know, fuck Cardano, fuck Sui, all those other, pro they, they honestly just suck. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll always be bullish on Solana. I'm just a little worried about the price at the moment. Yeah, I guess that's the issue. FTX kind of, I don't know if it was manipulating it as such, but the, the, the dodgy dealings they were doing sort of run quite deep. And I think, unfortunately, Solana was kind of involved in that. I think a few more projects got completely hurt by that, though. Uh, probably worse than Solana would would anyway, but um, yeah, I, I mean, hopefully they don't. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't go down. I think it's a good way. Um, like you know, the community's built on Solana is is good for the for the whole 
ecosystem, in my opinion. Um, there's a lot of strong communities that are obviously built on the Solana chain, so you wouldn't want to see it tank and go to complete shit, um, which which wouldn't be good. I, I don't know. People people hate on each other's. You know, you get like ETH maxis will hate on Solana, but really, you want everyone to, to succeed for the overarching um, ecosystem, in my opinion, anyway. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it's just. I think it's just bullshit how they're always like trying to target something, you know, and like they targeted Soul this time. And obviously, you know, they had all these like, you know, they said Cardano and, and all these other, you know, tokens, but they didn't speak about Ethereum, uh, you know, and it makes you question as to why they didn't speak on Ethereum, uh, you know, things like that, which which really do suck. Um, but, you know, no matter what, like I said, I'll always be bullish on Solana. I love the transaction speed. I think, you know, when it comes to onboarding people, uh it'll, it'll obviously be number one no matter what everything's just so much cheaper uh and then here's the thing nobody on eth can say that you know a solana nft isn't going to do as well as an eth nft because you had d gods on solana d gods on solana before they went to ethereum they're at like what 800 soul um so that's roughly i don't even know what floor price that is on ethereum that's like what seven eth six or seven eth uh, which is which is insane. Uh, then now you have like mad lads doing their own thing as well. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know. I I myself I'll always be bullish on Solana, um, and I want to buy more. Like I said, it's just like the price. We we just gotta wait. The economy as a whole, like entirety, like in the entire world, uh, is is just shit right now too. Um, so I just think it's it's just something we gotta go, uh, deal with, uh, and I think it's something we'll all pull through. You know, we've we've gone through worse. You know, like I said, like you said as well, FTX, uh, Solana went all the way down to eight. Uh, a lot of people got rugged. You know, things like that. We we've, we've been through worse. So I think uh, once we pull through it, I've always said this. I think 2024 will really be our year. Um, and you know, that's that's just what I'm hoping for. To be completely honest. Yeah, I'm really hoping that the macro like economic outlook improves because it is it's doing my head in man like I, I don't know what we need is we need that fucking we need the war to end we need all this shit to stop we need america as well you guys over there need to stop trying to bloody figure out what securities are you need to sack <laughs> gary gensler man he's he's an absolute knob um and just get it all sorted out and because if america messes it up i said this in the last episode but if america messes it up then it's going to mess it up for basically everyone else uh, just because of the economy and the size of america and, and so forth um hopefully yeah like you say 2024 2025 uh judging by the bitcoin four-year cycle if anyone is into that at all uh should be the years where it's going up again so whether that holds true we'll see um but hopefully, fingers crossed, that's all you can really do at the moment and just hold strong and hopefully you don't lose all your liquidity. But it's, uh, you know, we'll wait and see. I'll get back to you in a couple of years, tell you if I've lost everything. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to start wrapping this up, bro, uh, just because we're reaching, well, I think we've just gone over the hour mark actually, really. Um, but uh, there's, if, are you happy to answer one more question? Yeah, bro. I mean, I'm having a, I'm having a great time. To be honest, I could sit here as long as as long as you yeah, want. Yeah, man. Well, I'd I'd, <laughs> I'd actually love to do another one with you, um, and maybe just talk about some other bits and bobs outside crypto because you're quite a sound guy. So uh, maybe you could go uh, deeper dive into you know. Yeah, I could teach you some conspiracies, bro. <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah, I'd love that. I just wanna just wanna ask you really what your goals are for this year, if you've got any, if you believe in goals as well. Not everyone does, but um, you know what what are your aims, I suppose, for the remainder of this year. 
Of course, bro. Yeah. So I actually do have a lot of goals for myself. Um, the, the one main goal is really to get Titty Dow, my, my Dow, uh, is to really just to get the passes up to a hundred soul, like the, the triple digit floor price. That's always been my goal with the Dow when we launched the passes. Uh, you know, and like I said, there's, you know, we messed up by making the supply 2,500. Um, you know, we did, you know, things that we shouldn't have. Um, so at this point, we're just going to like right our wrongs, try to try to put the Dow back up on its feet, make it number one like it used to be in the bull market. Um, so that's really one of my main goals. Um, and I would love to get into details, but if I do, we, that just basically spoils everything we're working on. I did say one thing in here, you know, with the, with the passes and the supply that uh, no one knows about. So that's a little bit of alpha. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, so that, um, another one of my goals is basically to honestly, like I said, I want to get into real estate. Um, I really want to do that. I want to start getting into that, figure it out. Um, I got to stop being lazy. I guess I'm not really lazy. It's just, I don't have the time to take like a real estate class right now. Um, but when I do have time, I want to do that, uh, really just figure that out. Um, and then also at the same time, uh, my one big goal, uh, so I really love cars. I'm a huge car guy, uh, also a big watch guy. But right now, my big goal is to hopefully be able to get my hands on one of the new uh, Porsche GT3s or, uh, or the RS. I know the RS is going to be super hard to get. But uh, yeah, that's, that's my goal uh, at the moment is those three things. And those are honestly like the things that I really care about the most at the moment, you know, like obviously the community one, uh, two being, you know, something that I love, which is cars. Uh, and then three, you know, making money some way, like some other way, if that makes sense, uh, because I'm a big believer in making the money work for itself. But the thing is, is you can't have the like you can't have money and expect it to work for itself without putting the work in for it. You know what I mean? Um, so you got to start, you, you know, you got to grind your ass off. You got to really do what you're supposed to. You got to be disciplined. Um, I like really stopped saying like you got to be motivated or whatever because, you know, motivation kind of just like goes away. It's like there like day to day. It's not really always there. You always got to be disciplined, you know. So if you're disciplined and you're like working towards your goals, uh, then that's really like the only thing you can do, you know. Like obviously if you don't reach your goal, or you made a mistake, then that's something that you learned from. And then hopefully, you know, not even next year, maybe the day after you could reach your goals, you know, because I'm also a firm believer in not waiting. Um, and it, and like I said, you have to work for it. You know, you, you can't wait for it. Um, don't sit there and procrastinate, you know, because obviously then you're not going to get it right away. Or if you're procrastinating, then that means someone else who also has the same idea is going to get to it before you. You know, so so things like that. And, and that's honestly happened to us before with like a service that we were providing for the DAO. Uh, it took us very long to be able to put it out. And the next thing you know, another DAO came in and, and stole it from us uh, and they put it out before us. So, you know, there's things like that. So, like I said, you live and you learn. Um, but yeah, so uh, so those are really my goals for, for this year. Yeah, no, that's some some good goals. I think getting into property is it's like a big goal. It's a hard to reach goal from a lot of people because it's it's expensive, right? At least it is in the UK, and I suppose America is probably similar. Depends where you're from, I should imagine. Um, but I, I know at least in the UK, 
buying property here, it's just ugh, everything and everywhere is so expensive. Unless unless you go up north and then it gets cheaper, but down in the south of like near London and all that, it's it's so expensive. Um, but it's something that I I want to get into at some point as well. Maybe doing like um, I don't know whether I'd want to flip it or whether I'd want to like rent stuff out. Um, but it's it's a uh, probably a long longer way off. But it's a uh, it's a goal of mine <laughs> as well. Sorry to cut you off, but see, that's why I also want to like take the, the real estate classes and really get educated on it because that's that's the thing. I don't know also like which route I want to go about or which route would be, you know, more profitable, if that makes sense. Because here's the thing, like buying a house and flipping it, you could you could easily do that. But at the same time, like I don't know if like how much those things are going to cost me. Like I don't know what to look at to see if it's going to be an expensive, you know, repair or, you know, things like that. So, yeah, I definitely feel you on that, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think those classes. from what I've looked up myself, because I looked into it quite heavily for a bit, because I was close to um, effectively buying, like, somewhere to rent out that was cheaper, like a flat or something, um, or I guess an apartment, you'd call it. But the, the, the thing is with flipping stuff is there's a lot of unexpected costs a lot of the time. If you're buying an absolute heap you know like something that's completely broken and you're doing it all up you're basically always going to incur more costs than you probably plan to i should imagine um and even if you don't there's always the risk that uh, you know you face where you won't actually get what you want for it or um you know it's it just costs too much basically whereas if you're leasing something or renting it out um you've always got the passive income you also own the property right so uh and and it's a lot more hands-off so you're saying about hands-off earlier um at least in the uk you must be able to do this in america as well but you get property managers right who effectively take like 10 percent and a 10 percent cut and then they will literally find the tenants anything that goes wrong will go to them and then all that you'll have to do is effectively you know foot the foot the bill for it right so if the boiler breaks or whatnot um they'll literally sort it all out so therefore you will own a property that is hopefully increasing in value as you know as time goes on um, and then at the same time, you're getting the rent every month, which is obviously passive income. And then if you choose to sell that in five years, 10 years, hopefully the property, you know, I think it's something like properties double on in value every five or 10 years. I can't remember which one it is. Um, maybe it's a bit longer, but it's, um, obviously there's, there's the plus there of the sale and the passive income and obviously the hands-off part, which is what I thought was like a really good thing. And then at the same time, at least yeah. in the UK, you can use that rent to, uh, you can leverage that into like another loan to get another property because it's it counts towards your income. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I've I've actually heard of that uh, in the UK. The thing is here, like if you uh, really depending on like how you do it, like if you do leverage it, I think you can leverage yourself into getting another loan, uh, and you won't really get depending how you do it here. You can honestly like really like there's a lot of loopholes to the point where you could sell your property also like after three years and not get taxed i think like that that's short-term gains tax um i think it's like well like 30 percent or whatever here i don't know what it is in the uk for you guys or if you guys even have that at all yeah i'm not sure because uh i haven't got that far into actually buying them unfortunately but uh it, it's definitely something that i'll look at and you know maybe maybe we should talk more about that actually in the dms it's, it's interesting to me and it's something that i'm at least planning on doing here so maybe we could exchange ideas at some point and uh see where <laughs> see if we can help each other out with that but there's <laughs> there's plenty of places you can go like um i know here we've got you can go to like free 
uh, effectively, they're kind of like seminars, but they're run by the property managers. So if you go to them, you might find they effectively have these, uh, I call it like a club where um, you can go talk to other people who are in property and in um, doing rentals and, and so forth. And they will, you know, they can talk to you, tell you how they do it, et cetera. Um, there's also, I think sometimes you can get like properties that aren't listed on, you know, I don't know what you use over there. We've got Rightmove here, which is like an app where people, you know, put their houses and stuff on. It's like the most used um, app, but you can get properties before they're listed on there, which uh, easier deals um, from what I've heard, at least having attended these, these seminar things. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I need to take a few of those classes and, and really, you know, get down and, and educate myself uh, because like I said, it's, it's definitely something I want to do. And uh, it's definitely something we should talk about together. You know, maybe we could ed educate the, uh, you know, uh, you educate me, I educate you, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. <laughs> yeah, man, 100%. That's what it's all about, realistically. Um, and that's what it's all about. I'm going to bring this full loop. That's what it's about in this space as well. You know, finding people, helping each other out and uh, not being selfish. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to thank you for coming on this podcast, bro. Thank you for your time. I uh, very much appreciate it. And it's been a really, really good one, actually. I think uh, I would love to do another one with you. Um, like I said, it was, it was actually great fun speaking to you. Thank you, Rich. I really do appreciate it, bro. Um, yeah, and, and trust me, it was it was a great time. It was a pleasure. Uh, if you ever have any open spaces, I'd love to come back on. Uh, you know, there's obviously, I'll be honest, there's also a few things I didn't even touch base on that we could touch base on in the in the next one, like how I got my name, things like that. I uh, totally forgot about that. But uh, yeah, no, uh, it, it was great, bro. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. It leaves the door open. Uh, we'll, we'll organize another one, bro. 100%. I'll, uh, I'll fit you in at some point soon and we'll do another one because why not, man? If we've got the time, I'm, I'm down to speak to you for, for a longer period, whatever. Um, so we'll, we'll organize that and we'll do, we'll do a part two. And uh, you can let me know, you know other, if there's anything else we haven't touched on that you'd like to speak about for that one as well. Um, and actually, let me ask you as well. You know the alpha you dropped earlier? Um, how would you feel about if I put that in a short in, 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 in say a week, is that allowed to go out there or is that remaining strictly on the podcast? <laughs> nah, it's, it's definitely allowed to go out there. Great. I'll make a short of that just before I, uh, just before I post this, that can be the little preview. Um, appreciate that. Now, uh, before, before we do wrap this up, actually, uh, let me just remind everyone who's listening live and people who are listening to the podcast, obviously do follow me. I do these weekly. Uh, sometimes I interview a whole bunch of people in, in a weekend like I am this weekend. Um, other times I'll just do one a week. But there's there's good guests coming up. And if you haven't as well uh, followed the podcast itself, literally just click the link now while I'm talking. You can click it. I'm not going to shut the space down. So click this link tree. Uh, click whatever you listen to, preferably not YouTube because I'm really bad at uploading on YouTube. Everywhere else is up to date. Um, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google, literally everything's there. Um, go there follow the podcast and also if you've got a minute rate it five star because it's uh literally takes like 30 seconds but it helps push it out there to more people and you know what happens if this podcast gets pushed out to more normies they will come into the space they will think what is going on here they'll hear some of these podcasts hopefully get interested and uh, we can strengthen web3 as well um you know within the web3 and web2 space so please do that it literally takes you could have done it in the time i said that so come on what are you doing um and yeah basically uh, oh yeah one more thing uh, a titty please do let everyone know where they can find you bro um you know shill your shill yourself <laughs> thank you bro yeah so uh 
It was a it was a great spaces. Um, so my name's Atiti. You can find me on Twitter at at Atiti A T I T T Y underscore. I'm still working on getting the actual Atiti at. Um, that would be beautiful. Uh, you could also find me on honestly. I think it's just Twitter at the moment. Um, you know my my Discord's always open if anyone wants to add me. It's uh, Atiti and then hashtag eight seven zero six. Or if you guys want to check out Titty Dow, it's Titty Dow on Twitter and Titty Dow on Magic Eden. Uh, yeah, would love would love you guys to join us. Uh, big things coming, and thank you, brother, again for having me up on up on uh, this podcast. It was a great time. Yeah, thank you very much for that, man. And uh, like I say, it's been a great one. We'll definitely do another one. Uh, thank you to everyone who's listening live as well. Uh, if if anyone does want to link up, uh, hit me up. Obviously, there's a few people listening live that I will get back to you. Sorry, it's been busy as hell because i i work a job at the same time as trying to do this man so i run out of time i'm like trying to run back and forward getting stuff done um but yeah this this podcast will hopefully be out in a couple of weeks man so yeah have a have a good evening or morning everyone wherever you may be and uh yeah do remember to follow the podcast and uh keep in touch with it yeah have, have a good one see ya